Turning your Bibles to 2 Samuel 17, we're continuing, of course, our study of really the history of Israel, but we're seeing it through the eyes of the kings, and we're looking really right now at the life of David, a great man. In fact, when you think of David, he's one who's described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. And even though he's had tough things and good things, and he's done sin and everything else, he's still a great man. And if you remember the first 10 chapters, everything is triumph, and then begin chapter 11 with his failure with Bathsheba, uh, all of these things, there's been trials and sorrows and troubles. In fact, these are the consequences from David's failure <clears throat> to obey God. And as told by the, the prophet Nathan, prophet, the prophet Nathan came to him and said, there will be continual sorrow, bloodshed, and conflict in your household. And that's what we've seen. We saw it all the way with Amnon getting killed and now Absalom rebelling against his father. Absalom is claiming to be the king of Israel. David's had to, to flee. And, and we're seeing uh, all of these terrible things. And we're saying that David has fled Jerusalem. He's on the run for his life. Absalom has entered the city in triumph. And just remember, Absalom's David's son. And this morning, we're going to see as David, excuse me, as Absalom goes into the city, he's going to ask for advice. He's going to ask for advice. What do I do? What do I do now as the king? What should I do? What should be the best thing to do? And there are two counselors there. There's one by the name of Hithophel. Hithophel was David's special counselor, but he hates David. He's an enemy of David, and we'll tell you why later, of course. We've talked about it before. He's on the side of Absalom, and he wants to kill David. Meanwhile, there's a guy named Hushi who's come back. He is a friend of David's. He was one of the David's counselors, but he's actually pretending to be with Absalom so that he can help David. So that's what we're going to see as we go through this passage, these two counselors, so to speak, what David does, what they do, and how it all ties together. So we'll look at it as we go through. When, when you think about life, and, and as we just start thinking through this, Pete, we say, look, we want our lives to count for Christ. I mean, that's the goal, right? That we have believed in Christ, we have eternal life, we want to live for him. Well, how do we live for Christ? And we know that we're to walk in the Spirit and the, just great things like that. When you think about our culture and our world, there's a whole different view. In fact, our culture talks about confidence in self and how I know I could do this and I know I could do this and and sometimes you watch it on sports and somebody will do something great and they'll interview and they'll talk about, well, I knew my team could depend on me and I knew that, you know. And uh, the Bible talks about confidence, but it doesn't talk about confidence in ourselves. Confidence is not in ourselves, but it's in God. And the book of Jeremiah says, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom or a rich man boast in his wealth or a mighty man boast in his power, but let him boast that he knows me. And the real key is that we know the Lord and that our confidence is not in ourselves and our strengths, but it is in God through us. We can have confidence. Well, the reason I bring that up is we're going to see this man. His man's name is Ahithophel. We talked about him already. He has confidence in himself, and we're going to see what happens when his whole world falls apart. What does he do? We'll see it, and we can make some application look in our lives. Well, as we begin, let me just remind you of where we are. David's son has attempted to take over the kingdom, and it goes back to David's failure with Bathsheba and and uh, Uriah and all of those things, and there would be trouble and problems. Well, they got the trouble and the problems now. And Absalom has taken over. He's won the hearts of the people. David and all his friends, they've all left. They've gone over the Mount of Olives. They're going out, and they're almost to the Jordan River. In fact, they're at the Jordan River, and they're, they're not sure what to do, cross over what to do. Absalom, meanwhile, has come into the city, and he's taken over the city, and when he's come into the city, he's come in with some questions. And Absalom takes over the city, so he begins with the question, what should I do? And he's got two people there. He's got Ahithophel. Now, remember, Ahithophel is the grandfather of Bathsheba. Bathsheba is the one that David had sex with her and killed her husband and then married her. He did wrong. He confessed his sin. God said, I will not kill you. I'm going to let you be king, 
but there'll be consequences, and that's what we've been seeing. Ahithophel hates David. He was David's special advisor. When, when David was the king, Ahithophel was his special advisor. Now he's switched over to Absalom, so he wants David dead. There is somebody else there. It's Hushi. Hushi is David's friend, but the word friend in Hebrew actually means advisor. He was David's advisor as well. He's pretending to be on Absalom's side. His goal is that, that he would thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. He's gone back. <coughs> he's gone back to, to help Absalom, but he's not really going to help Absalom. He's really helping David. He's going back there, and he's trying to find out what's going on. And we have already discovered that Hushi is going to hear what's happening. He's going to tell the two priests. The two priests are going to tell their two sons. The two sons are going to get the word to David so David knows what's happening. So we've got two counselors. So Absalom has now moved into the city, and he says, what should I do? And Ahithophel gives the counsel, and it's a terrible thing. We saw it happen back in 2 Samuel chapter 16. Ahithophel said, David, uh, Absalom, see David's wives up there? There were 10 women left. He said, go have sex with them. Go have sex with them in public so everybody can see it. That way it shows that you're the king, and there'll be no reconciliation between you and David. So that means they're going to have to accept you as the king. And that's what Absalom did. He did it in front of everybody. And so that's Ahithophel's first advice. We're going to see some more advice this morning. Let me give you a, sort of the outline for the chapter. It's sort of a longer chapter with 29 verses, but we're going to go very quickly through it because it's real narrative. And we're going to see that Absalom seeks more advice. We're going to see the information gets to David. We're going to see what Ahithophel does. And then we're going to see Absalom is going after David. And so we're going to see that. So let's start that just picture this. David is out by the Jordan River. It's about 30 miles from where they are, they're about to cross over, or they're thinking they're going to cross over. Meanwhile, Absalom is in the city. He has Ahithophel to give him advice. He has Hushi to give advice, but Hushi's for David. And so here's what he does. Furthermore, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Ahithophel is going to give some advice to Absalom. Please let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise, and I will pursue David tonight. Now, if you read this quickly, you'll miss this. But here's the issue. Ahithophel doesn't say, Absalom, you're the king. Let's go get David. He says, I will get 12,000 men, and I will go get David. Who's involved here? It's Ahithophel. Ahithophel wants to go get David. And you know what? If Ahithophel goes and gets David, who gets the glory? Ahithophel. Now, Absalom's the king. Absalom says, hey, you know, if there's going to be any glory around here, it's going to be me. But Ahithophel says, let me get 12,000 men. I will go after David, and I will get him. And then he gives uh, some more information. He says, I will come upon him while he's weary and exhausted and terrify him <coughs> so that all the people who are with him will flee. Then I will strike down the king alone, and I will bring back all the people to you. The return of everyone depends on the man you seek, then all the people will, have, will be at peace. He says, listen, I will kill David. Now, I want you to start and think about this. Ahithophel wants the glory. Ahithophel doesn't want Absalom to get the glory. Ahithophel says, I'll take 12,000 men. I will find David while he's running. I will attack him, and I'll kill David and come back, and then everything will be for you. Well, it looks good, but the thing, the thing about it is that Ahithophel hates David. He wants to be a leader, and he wants to be the hero that killed David. Okay, so... This is what we see. What, what does Absalom think about the plan? Look at verse 4. 
So the plan pleased Absalom and the elders of Israel. That sounds good. Sounds like good advice. Now, let me, let me remind you of something. Ahithophel was the wisest counselor in all of Israel. When David would say something like, Ahithophel, what should we do? And Ahithophel would tell him, everybody would go, wow, that is great. So Ahithophel has given information. He says, let me take 12,000 men. I'll chase David down right now while he's running for his life. We'll kill him and we'll bring back. And Absalom says, wow, that's pretty good advice. Sounds pretty good. Now let me remind you of what did the people think about Ahithophel and his advice. Look back at chapter, chapter, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 16, look at verse 23. The advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one inquired of the word of God. So all the advice of Ahithophel regarded by both David and Absalom, everybody thought Ahithophel was great. So when Ahithophel says to Absalom, let me have 12,000 men, I'll chase him down right now, we'll get him, kill him, and it'll all be over. Now here's the problem. The problem, number one, is that's right. That's probably the best thing to do. And they could go get David if they did that. Now remember, Hushi's there, and Hushi's job is to stop all this. So he's just waiting until his, his turn to talk. The second issue is, the real issue is Ahithophel wants to get the glory. He wants the 12,000 men, and he wants to go get David. But at this point, it looks like, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And it pleased, notice verse 4, so the plan pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. And let me tell you what, probably if they chased David right in and caught him at the Jordan River, they might get him. So it's a pretty good advice. But look, what's the plan? Then Absalom said, now call Hushi, this is verse 5, now call Hushi the archite also, and let's hear what he has to say. So let's call him. Now remember his plan? The plan of Hushi is to thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. His job is to protect David. So when Ahithophel says, let's go get David right now, you can imagine Hushi would say, no, that's not a good idea, because he wants to stop the plan. So watch what happens. Verse 6, when Hushi came to, came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, Ahithophel has spoken thus. He told him what Ahithophel said to do. Shall we carry out his plan? If not, you speak. Should we do this or not? So Hushi says to Absalom, this time the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good. What? He says it's not good advice. Now let me tell you, you think Ahithophel standing right there? I think so. He said, Hushi, come in here. Tell us what you think. He says, well... I think Ahithophel's advice is not very good. He knows it's really good, and he's got to figure out how to stop it. And you can imagine Ahithophel going, what do you, what do you, wait, listen, when I talk, when I give my advice, it's the same as if God was speaking. I tell you what, I give good advice. This is really good advice. But Hushi says, no, it's not, it's not that good advice. So now Absalom's going, wait a minute. I got two counselors, and we got two different things here. What am I going to do? And so he says, why is it not good advice? So Hushi, verse 7, so Hushi said to Absalom, this time the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good. Moreover, Hushi said, let me tell you why. You know your father and his men, that they're mighty men, and they're fierce like a bear, robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is an expert in warfare. He will not spend the night with the people. He said, look, you know your father. He's a soldier. He's a fighter, and he's got his mighty men with him. And remember, the mighty men are really mighty men. They're fighters. They'll tear you to pieces. 
And let me tell you, it's not a good idea to go chasing after them right now because, listen, they're, they're upset. They're like mighty men, and your father's an expert. And then he goes on and says, and behold, he's now hidden himself in a cave or some other place. And, 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 and when we, we get out there, they'll fall on us, and whoever hears it will say there's been a slaughter and the people who follow Absalom. He says, gosh, you, if, if you take men right now, David's hidden. You'll never find him. He's hiding in a cave. And when you get out there, the mighty men will jump on you and they'll kill you all your people and your people will run off and then everybody will say, oh, Absalom's not strong enough to take David, so David really ought to be the king. So Hushi says, so don't go right now. That's not good advice. He says, everybody knows how tough your father is. If we go and we get beaten, remember, he's on there. He's trying to pretend he's on their side. If we go and get beaten, we'll lose the entire kingdom. Wow. Now, remember, the first advice, who's the leader? Ahithophel, he takes 12,000. He goes to war. Hushi says, now, wait a minute. Absalom, you are the king. You ought to be the leader. Look what he says. He says, in, in verse, let me just read verse 10 for you. And see, even those who are valiant in heart like a lion will completely lose heart for all Israel knows your father's a mighty man and those who are with him are valiant men. He said, but here's what I counsel, that all Israel be gathered to you, to you, Absalom, from Dan to Beersheba, from the north to the south, as the sand that is in the sea in abundance and that you personally go into the battle. He says, Absalom should lead them in the battle. Now you see Absalom, he says, Hushi says, uh, Ahithophel says, let me go take them. And Hushi says, no, 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 you take them, Absalom. And Absalom goes, well, I am the king. I ought to be the one to take them. Well, that makes sense to me. If I'm the king, why shouldn't I be the one to lead the nation into battle? And he says, listen, but you got to get a big army. You got to go from the north to the south. You got to get this huge army together, and then we'll go chase David. But if you chase him down right now with 12,000 people, David will beat you, and then it'll be the end. So Hushi's come up with his advice. And this, this is to, to, to stop the whole thing. And now think about this. See, he says, Absalom, you'll be leading instead of Ahithophel. And this would give David time because it's going to take time to get a big army. And David is running for his life. And if they're coming after him right now, David knows he may not get away. But if it takes him a while to get the army and then comes after David, David has a chance. So Hushi says, well, Hithophel's advice is not good. What you should do is, you know, your father's a real warrior. He'll just tear you to pieces if you get out there at night. So what you need to do is get a big army, and you, Absalom, not Ahithophel, you, Absalom, lead the army to battle. And then you'll be the hero when you win. That's the plan. And he goes on and says this. <coughs> um, Verse 11 again, I counsel all Israel be gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba as the sands by the sea in abundance and that you personally go into battle. So it shall be, uh, just come to him in one of those places where he can be found and we'll fall on him as the dew falls on the ground and of him and all of his men who are with him, not even one will be left. If he were to withdraw into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city and we'll just drag it into the valley and then not even be a small stone left. So he says, listen, we'll go to battle. What, what you do is get your big army and we'll go chase David down. And then when we find him, even if he runs into a city, we'll tear the city down and we'll get David. So Hushi has given great advice, trying to stop Ahithophel's really good advice. So what's going to happen? Well, look what happens. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, hmm, 
The counsel of Hushi, the archite, is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Let's stop right there. You can see Absalom. What do you think about him? We've seen him. He's not a man of character. He's a man of pride. You remember? He has the big hair. He cuts it once a year. It weighs five pounds. He had the chariot. Fifty men run before him. He's taller and handsomer than anybody else. He's a man of pride. And he says, wait a minute. If we're going to go to war, I ought to be the one leading it. I mean, Hithophel wants to go get David right now, but if I get the entire army and I lead it, then I'll become famous. And that's the way we should do. And so Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the counsel of Hushi the archite is better <coughs> than the counsel of Ahithophel. How could he change like that? How could he, on one hand, say, yeah, I think Ahithophel's right, that's real good. Wait a minute, no, I think, why? How could this happen? Because the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. God is working in this. God is working in this. Let me tell you, if they went after David right now, they'd get him. And so what does God do? Look at the verse says, verse 14 again, then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the counsel of Hushi is, the archives better than the counsel of Ithabel. Why? For the Lord had ordained to thwart the good counsel of Ahithophel so that the Lord might bring calamity on Absalom. The Lord ordained this. The Lord fixed it. The Lord's working. Let me tell you, is Absalom the kind of man that should be leading the nation of Israel? No. Is Absalom a man of character? No. Is Absalom a man of pride? Yes. Is Absalom want revenge? Yes. Is that the kind of man that should be leading God's people? No. And God is not going to let Absalom take the kingdom. And he's going to thwart the council. He says, God had ordained to thwart the good counsel of Ahithophel so that the Lord would bring calamity on Absalom. The Lord ordained it. God is in control. Now, here's something you need to think about. In all of this mess, while David's running for his life and they're giving advice and people are everywhere and doing all this stuff, God's still in control. And sometimes in our lives, there are things happening and we say, I don't know, it looks like it's out of control. And we look at our country and we go, what in the world is going on? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? God's still in control. And we have to trust him. And that's what David's doing. And this is what Hushi's going to do. He's trusting God and he's hoping that his counsel will work and realize that God is in control. I mean, regardless, that the Lord thwarted this counsel. God is not, let me just tell you this, God's not going to let Absalom become the king. He's not going to let it happen. There is never anything that happens that God is not working through it in our lives. He is the sovereign ruler. We have to rest in God even when things don't look right, even when things don't go right. We just have to trust God knowing that he's working all things. So you remember the plan? Hushi's going to get them the information. He's going to give it to the priest. The priests are, going to, priests are going to give it to their sons, and the sons are going to go find David and tell them what's going on. So watch what happens. Look at verse 15. Then Hushi said to Zadok and to Abathar the priest, this is what Ahithophel counseled, Absalom and the elders of Israel, and this is what I've counseled. Now, Hushi's going to the priest. Now, he went to the priest and he said, listen, Here's what Hithabel said. Here's what I said. He's not sure what's going to happen. He's not sure if, if they're going to go after David right now or whether they're going to gather an army. So he's got to warn David no matter what. And so he went to the priest and he told them. He said, this is what I've counseled. Now, verse 16. Now, therefore, send quickly to tell David, saying, do not spend the night at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means cross over 
or else the king and all the people who are with him will be destroyed. He sends word and says, tell David, don't stay at the Jordan River. Get across the Jordan River and start heading up to what they call that region of Ephraim, what the wilderness of Ephraim, that part. They said, you got to get out of there. Don't stay there. Now, <coughs> he, he could not come after David, but he doesn't know. Hushi doesn't know what the plan, what they're going to do. So he's warning David. So he tells the priest, get out of there. Tell him, go get, get, get away from there and go as fast as you can. So look at verse 17. Now, Jonathan and Menahaz, that's the two sons of the priest. They were staying at Enrogal, and a maidservant would go and tell them. And they would go and tell David, for they could not be seen entering the city. Now, what the priest could do is the priests were supposed to tell their sons, but they realized that if they brought their sons into the city and told them that people would see it and they would follow him and they would catch him. So they said, we'll send this woman and this woman will go tell the boys and then the boys will go tell David. Well, look what happened. Verse 18 starts with a but, which is usually a problem because something happened. This maid, a maid servant would go tell the sons and they would tell David. But look what happened, verse 18. But a lad did see them and told Absalom so that the two of them departed quickly and they came to the house of a man in Barum who had a well in the courtyard and they went down into it. Now, <clears throat> they're just above the Mount of Olives. You remember, here's the city of Jerusalem and then there's the Kidron Valley and then there's the Mount of Olives and the top of Mount of Olives is a little towns and then you go down there and you head about 20 miles and you get to the Jordan River. The, the sons are on the run and they've got to the top of the hill and they've got to this little place, this, uh, this little place called Barum and they had this man, the man there, he has a well. In his courtyard, has a well. And they went down in the well. You can see them saying, we got to hide, we got to hide. And the guy says, get in the well, get in the well. So they get in the well. And there's a woman there. And this woman took a covering and spread it over the well's mouth and scattered grain on it so nothing was known. She covers this thing over there, puts grain in. Just kind of, you know, waiting. And here come some people. They're looking for those guys. You can see them. Hey, there's two guys. Where are they? She goes, oh, those two guys? right down in the well right there. She goes, oh, those two guys? I think, I think they went back over that way to cross back over the brook. Watch. Then Absalom, verse 20, then Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house and said, where are Jimenez and Jonathan? We know you know them. And the woman said to them, they, they crossed the, the brook of water. And when they searched, they could not find them and they returned to Jerusalem most people think the brook of water probably was the Kidron, little aspect. She sent them back the opposite direction is what she did. And she said, I, I don't know. Now, I had people come to me and say, she lied. She lied. Did she lie? Yeah, she lied. Let me ask you, would you rather lie and keep two people alive or tell the truth and let them be killed? Sometimes in our lives, we say, well, you're not supposed to lie. Well, if it means saving somebody's life, I might lie. You remember during the time of the Holocaust and there were people in those towns and places, they were taking Jewish people and hiding them in their houses to save their lives. People would come in and they would hide them and never say a word. Is that okay? I'd do it. Wouldn't you do it? And sometimes there's a greater good. And so she does lie, but she lies to save their lives. And I guarantee you, those guys in the well were going, I hope she lies. I hope she lies. Because <laughs> they're asking her where we are. And so they couldn't find them. And then, of course, what happened? It says in verse 21, uh, then after that they departed, they came up out of the well and went and told King David. And they said to King David, arise, cross the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel has counseled against you. So they got up and left. You remember? Hushi, tell the priest. The priest told the woman. 
The woman told the boys. The boys hid in the well. The boys get out of the well and they go tell David. And they say to David, run for your life. Get across the river. Get across the Jordan River and get as far away from here as you can because there's a possibility that they're coming after you. There's a possibility. See, we don't know. Ahithophel may send out men or Absalom may change his mind and they may go after David tonight. That may be the thing as their plan. Wow. So it came out after they departed, they came up out of the well and they went to David and they said to David, arise and cross the water quickly for thus Ahithophel is counseled against you. Then David and all the people who were with him arose and they crossed the Jordan and by dawn, not even one of them remained who had not crossed the Jordan. So they made it, they got across. Listen, it's not easy to cross that river. It's not easy to cross the river. In some places it's really narrow and small, some places it's wide and they're running basically for their lives. This is near what we would call today modern day Jericho. There's a bridge there now called the Allenby Bridge, which was built by General Allenby during, the, during one of the wars. And that's how they crossed over from Jordan to what we'd say Jordan to Israel. And so they crossed that river and they're running for their lives. Now let's stop and think. You're Ahithophel. Your counsel is considered as, as if God had spoken. You're so wise. Your confidence is in you. When I speak... People should listen. That's what Ahithophel says. So what happens when they don't take his advice? Verse 23. <coughs> now when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and arose, went to his home, to his city, set his house in order, and strangled himself. Thus he died and was buried in the grave of his father. Ahithophel's response to all this, he was a man of pride. His counsel was not taken. He killed himself. Let me tell you what I really think, too. I think Ahithophel realized that the counsel they're going to follow is not good and that David's going to come back eventually. And because of this bad counsel, he would be killed. So I think Ahithophel says, listen, they're not following my advice. David's going to eventually come back as the king. When he comes back, I'm going to be in trouble. They're going to kill me, so... I might as well kill myself now, especially if they're not going to listen to me anymore. And so he killed himself. You can't look to yourself for your confidence. We have different gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us. You have personalities that God has given you. And yet he says, I am your strength and your shield. I am your power. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The only way you're going to have victory in the Christian life is in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not confidence in yourself. It's confidence in God through you. And so when we think about your gifts, your talents, your abilities, it's up to God to use us, each one of us, any way, any time, anyhow that he wants to. Ahithophel realized that David's going to win and going to come back. And he says, therefore, they're not going to listen to me. There's no sense in me living. And he kills himself. Look what happens, verse 24. Then David came to Mahiram and Absalom, look at this, Absalom crossed the Jordan. He and all the men of Israel with him, they're coming after him. And Absalom set a mesa over the army in place of, of Joab. Let me show you this, just to give you an idea. <clears throat> David is crossing and they cross right there, which it, there's the Jordan River and they cross. And David has gone on and they've gone all the way up to this place right here. They're at the forest of Ephraim, just remember that whole bunch of trees. We'll talk about it next week. And then this is a place called the Gilead area, the Arabah Gilead. 
And we're going to find that Absalom now has an army and they've crossed the Jordan River and they're chasing after David. So David's up here and Absalom is here and Absalom is coming after David. So that's what's about to happen. And so it says, David came to Mahanan and Absalom crossed the Jordan, he and his men with him. Absalom set Amasa, who? Amasa? Over the army in place of Joab. Now Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Ithra, the Israelite, who was into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruah, Joab's mother. Listen, who is this Amasa? You know who he is? He's David's nephew. You remember, David had a sister, and she had three sons, Joab, Abishai, and Ashiel. Well, David had another sister, and she had a son. His name is Amasa. So this is David's nephew who has become the general for Absalom. He's going after his uncle his uncle David. You could hear that David finds out that, that Amasa has become general for Absalom. And you can see him saying, what are you doing? We're family. Uh, uh, Absalom, I mean, what are you doing? Why would you do this? It's really a sad time, but watch what happens. And Israel and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. Let me go back to show you this this is the, the land of Gilead. This is where Israel and Absalom, they camp right here. David has already gone up to here. This is where he is. And this is the forest of Ephraim. And, and there's got a little question mark there because we don't know whether, whether the forest of Ephraim could be this whole big section right here. Now, you might say, why are we mentioning forest of Ephraim? You're going to find out next week what happens when the battle happens. And the forest has something to do with the battle, and we'll see it. So Mesa has become general. And now I want you to notice there's three people coming, a guy named Shobi, a guy named Makar, and Barzilla. Look what it says in verse 27. Now when David had come to Mahan, Shobi, the son of Nesha from Rabbath, the son of, Mike, uh, of Ammon, Makar, the son of Emil from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gilead from Romanland, brought beds, and I'm going to read it in just a second. These three men meet David in the wilderness, and they're all friends of David. And they've come to help him. And, and the reason I put Barzillai, you'll see more of this man later, he's, he's an old man. He's really old, and he's really rich, and he loves David. And he has come out in the middle of the wilderness to help David. Look what they brought. Look at verse 28. And they brought beds, basins, pottery, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, part seeds, honey, curds, sheep, and the cheese of the herd for David and for the people who were with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. These people have come to help David. You realize that God provides even in the wilderness. And the truth is this, God always provides. He provides every need that we have. We don't always understand and sometimes it doesn't look like it and sometimes things happen and we go, where is God when we need him? He's always there. And he'll provide for every need that we have. And sometimes we just don't grasp it. But David grasped it. He's out in the middle of nowhere and he looks up and three people who he knows show up with all this food and all this stuff. And they say, you're, you're hungry and you need us. And God will do that. In your life, you gotta be open. In your life, God's gonna bring people in your life. It's gonna be there for you. It's gonna help you. God always does it. The body of Christ, we need each other. All we have to do, listen, if you have an issue or a need, let somebody know. This body will help you. I've seen it 
over and over and over again. This body of believers will take care of each other. They will love one another. And that's the key. And we see this. They love David, and they've come out there. So we, we have to stop for a second, well, for a week. And so we have to stop, and I want you to think about this. So here is David running for his life. Three men, they give him all kind of food. Absalom's coming with a big army. He's got a mesa. David's nephew is leading the army, and they're coming for the final battle. Who's going to win? Is God going to allow Absalom to win? Listen, we already looked at the verse that said he's going to bring destruction on Absalom. Listen, if I'm, if I'm choosing sides, I'm on David's side. Let me tell you this, I'm always on David's side. Let me tell you something, we don't always think about this. If you read scripture carefully, you'll find that one of these days there'll be a kingdom. You remember, Jesus is gonna come in the clouds and we're gonna be gone, there'll be a seven-year tribulation. Then Jesus is gonna come back, he's gonna set up a kingdom, he's gonna rule for a thousand years and Jesus will set up his kingdom and he will rule in Jerusalem. Do you know, if you read scripture carefully, do you know who's gonna be ruling under Jesus in Jerusalem? His name is David. King David will be a king and rule under Jesus in Jerusalem. And one of these days, you'll see David. And you'll say, it was an amazing book. You blew it, of course, you know. And David said, yeah, I blew it, I blew it. And I paid for it, too. But you are a man after what? God's own heart. We want to be men and women after God's own heart. Well, Absalom seeks advice. He gets advice. Um, uh, they listen to Hushi, but the, and, and, and they listen to Hushi, and they don't follow. Hithophel, Hithophel goes and kills himself. Absalom gets his army and comes after David. Let me give you some applications. First of all, <clears throat> let's trust God, who's working all things according to His will. Now, He's sovereign. If you look at this and you said to David, "What's it like?" You remember we looked a couple of weeks ago at Psalm three. Psalm three is a psalm that David wrote when he's running from Absalom. What does he say? "You're in my strength. You're in my protection." Listen, when things are going on, God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. We have to trust him. We have to trust him even when things don't look right. Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for good. Those that love God and called according to his purpose. It works together for good for those who are loving God. It didn't say for everybody. It says for those who are loving God. Look at the verse carefully. God, know that God is working in our lives. Second application is let's, not, let's don't put confidence in ourselves, put confidence in God and not ourselves. Listen, God has given us strengths and abilities, and things, but it's really him. Our confidence is in God. He never fails. He is faithful to do what he says. He is our strength. He is our shield. He is the one. And as Jeremiah says, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom or a rich man boast in his wealth or a mighty man boast in his strength, but boast that we know God, boast that we know him. And let me just say something because we had not talked a lot about this, but when you talk about confidence, there are two aspects. How about salvation? You cannot put confidence in yourself for eternal life salvation. You can never do enough. You can never be good enough. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. One sin eliminates us. We can never be good enough to merit anything for God. Our confidence cannot be in ourselves. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ who died and rose again and gives eternal life to all who simply believe. Our confidence for salvation has to be in Jesus for the Christian life, it's the same way. He's given us gifts, talents, and abilities, the body of Christ, the Bible, all of that, but it is his strength through us. Our confidence is in the living God who will use us for his glory. So don't put your confidence in yourself. Put confidence 
in God. <coughs> the third thing, let us serve one another in love. Just like, like those guys came out there, Barzilla and Mycar and, and uh, Shelby, they all came out there bringing things. They showed love to David, and that's what we're to do. Those loyal to David, help him that we're to love one another. In fact, Galatians 5.13 says, in love, let's serve one another. And I love this one right here. When you put it, 1 Peter 4.10 says, whatever gifts you have, use them to serve one another. And let me, let me just say this. The mark, the mark that sets us apart from everybody else in the whole world is the love that we have for one another. Jesus said, they will know you belong to me by your love for one another. And we're to love one another. There's all those one another's in the scripture. There's like 50 something one another's. Love one another, pray for one another, build up one another, bear one another's burdens. They're just everywhere. But the overarching one is to love one another. And just like these men came to David and said, we love you, here's stuff. We love each other. And let me tell you, all you have to do is let people know in this body what's going on in your life and what you need, and they will love you. And we're to love one another. Let's be, you know, people look at us and say, wow, they love one another. Our confidence is in God, not ourselves, as we seek to live for our Savior Jesus Christ and to serve one another.